So let's begin. I want to welcome you again to Sunday Sila and uh, my basement, <laughs> basement studio. It may not be the most inspiring setting in the world, but uh, call it home. So it's nice to see you, and it's uh, my pleasure to be with you this morning for Sunday Sila. And for those of you who uh, received the email that I sent out uh, as a reminder for this evening's, um, excuse me, <laughs> I'm used to saying this evening's because it's normally Friday evening is my usual gig. Uh, so this morning, a uh, uh, reminder about this morning where I mentioned that the topic I wanted to discuss is uh, delusion. Now, uh, many of you, I, I'm sure, are aware that uh, the Buddha spoke in terms of uh, three uh, root, what, what were called um, the three root defilements. I prefer uh, the translation of the, the root afflictions, that which afflicts uh, the uh, the mind, heart, and bodily energies uh, that from which all other of the afflictions we experience, whether they're it's jealousy or duplicity or uh, whatever it, it might it might be, uh, they derive from these three root afflictions, which are greed, hatred, and delusion is the normal translation, uh, uh, loba, dosa, and uh, moha. So, uh, as, as was mentioned in the email, mo most of the attention uh, is paid to the first two, which is uh, the greed, uh, which greed or desire, uh, hunger, lust as being the first, loba, and then the second as hatred or anger, uh, aversion. Um, these are areas of affliction that are, dis are discussed with some regularity and in depth. Uh, the third one, uh, moha, which is translated most commonly as delusion, doesn't get quite the airplay. And uh, in contemplating this um, this third root affliction uh, over the past really week or two, uh, my, my sense is that of the three, uh, not only does it get the, the least airplay, but there's, you could say that it's the most important of the three, at least you could argue. Uh, and I would, <laughs> that it's something that really bears uh, our, our close attention. Uh, so I wanted to explore that this, this morning with you. Um, so delusion uh, is in classical terms, well, the word delusion uh, has the connotation of some sort of misunderstanding or misperception. Uh, 
there is a there's a phrase of the uh, that's used in the is in the commentaries, which is uh, which I like. A, um, it's called it's the phrase is a perversion of perception, and in classical terms, they have to do with the three characteristics of uh, anicca, dukkha, anatta. So, uh, or in terms of the misunderstanding of those three characteristics, it's of uh, of nietzsche, meaning that there's a misperception that that which is uncertain, uh, that which is fleeting and in flux, uh, inconstant, that there's, we carry a perception that it's uh, reliable and it's stable. Uh, when, um, you know, all the indications are to the contrary. And so that, uh, of course, can cause us some, some, some difficulties, particularly when we place our reliance on, uh, on those things which are uncertain. And the second one, uh, following again the three characteristics, is as being uh, the notion that uh, true happiness is to be derived from the conditioned world. So uh, from from things, whether they be uh, food, sights, sounds, smells, uh, tastes, thought, or thoughts, that um, that this is an area where um, we can derive true and lasting satisfaction and happiness. So this is sukha, the mis the misperception of there being sukha or happiness uh, reliably derived from uh, what is received through the senses, uh, the conditioned things which, as I just mentioned, have the nature of arising and passing that are not stable, as opposed to seeing um, with more uh, understanding and skill that uh, these things are fleeting and that they are productive of of stress, so that, that uh, the happiness that we may receive through uh, our experiences are uh, are inherently stressful. And one example I'd like to give is uh, a couple weeks ago on on uh, Friday Friday night during investigations, uh, one of the one of the people, one of the participants, was talking about an experience with. Uh, their son at a baseball game and how uh, he had hit a home run and and that the experience of of the parent was one of elation and just really a peak experience so happy um, for their son and uh, but at the same time was able to hold the understanding that you know this there's stress involved in this sense of elation, namely that um, while my son is doing really well now with his batting, that this is liable to to change and 
certainly will change. And when it does, if, if I'm, if I'm feeling that this is this, the foundation where I want to pin my happiness on, that I'm going to be in for some, uh, for kind of a, a rough landing. So it's like being able to hold that type of wisdom in while something, while there's this, um, sense of real elation for what one's experiencing is, is a uh, tremendous insight and, and benefit. Uh, and hopefully it doesn't diminish the joy that comes from the experience, but we don't have to be deluded by uh, the idea that this, this elation is, is something that's reliable and stable and the source of lasting and true happiness. So there's this delusion, though, that we carry around with us, uh, if we're not careful, that, that these are these experiences that, that we, uh, that we have, we seek, that we seek, uh, are the, the way that we can become happy in our lives when there's really a deeper happiness that, uh, is available to us and that those, uh, the happiness that's based on the conditioned world, that which arises and passes, uh, is pregnant with stress for us. And then the third one, uh, atta, which, which means self, as opposed to anatta, which means uh, not self, is this misunderstanding that um, that which is experienced is either who we are, or that which belongs to us, me and mine. So, uh, so this is, this is kind of a trick, uh, as the Buddha would say, of consciousness that creates this misperception, uh, that, uh, that it's, there's this continuous, uh, self that has a, a true essence that, uh, is that which experiences and uh, is the owner of our experience and and so forth. Uh, um, whereas, if we look more closely, as as the Buddha invites us to do, then we can see that the the phenomenon of self is another condition that arises and passes. Uh, dependent on circumstances and and is a, a source of uh, delusion excuse me for of dukkha of stress and and pain when we uh, cling to things as being who we are me and mine uh, despite uh, the fact that they're going to change so this um, this leads to uh, uh, some uh, a further reflection, and I and I want to mention too that that um, while we're we're speaking in terms of delusion, meaning um, uh, a perception of that which is not the case, despite the evidence uh, that we're seeing things in a way that's untrue, as opposed to that which is true, and I think it's a bit more subtle than that. Uh, that that uh, that while and particularly those here in, in the room today are well aware of these three characteristics um, for the most part the 
the understanding that um, conditioned things that arise and pass, they're not reliable, that um, that when one does rely on uh, that which arises and passes as happiness, that that results in stress and and suffering and uh, discontent, and as well that the, the sense of self is just that, uh, a, a condition uh, that's created by consciousness. So we're aware of these things, but we carry them sort of as, it's almost like they're part of our operating system. So they're, they're operating a bit below the surface, um, below our conscious awareness. Um, even though we have exposure to these teachings, that, they, that we still have to constantly refresh our understanding of their limitations of the the fact that um, our our sense of things being stable is 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 true only in a very conventional conventional way in that on Friday when I was here this glass of water was sitting on my desk and it's still here so there's that um, temptation uh, and invitation to feel that it's constant but we understand that it's it's uh, something that's subject to change. And so we have to refresh that understanding. But there's something in a more molecular level that's operating, that's telling us that things are constant, they're reliable, we can depend on them. Uh, that this, you know, the self, as I, as I look at my image in the screen, I see my face, I identify that as who I am. I see the, the Buddha image in the background which was given to us, and that's, that's something that's mine, and so forth. So I have to refresh my understanding to realize the limitation of that per perspective. And, the, and so in that regard, I, the fourth one that has been really up for me more recently is the, this, um, uh, again, operating under the surface, kind of, which is that we all understand that we are going to die. We, under, we understand that death awaits for us. So uh, this is some uh, a reflection that we can carry around with us, but we don't normally. It's 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 usually something that uh, that we understand from a. a from the standpoint of if one, do you think you're going to die? Yeah, I'm going to die at some point. I will die. But there's a certain kind of a lack of, of of vitality to that to that understanding that there's a finite nature to our lives that, and this this ties in with the sense of. To the, to, the, to the extent that we identify as with ourselves, as who we are and what we own, then the contemplation about death has, has, uh, is, is, is not an experience which, uh, has a, which we, we may welcome. So that the two are, are rather connected. And so as, as we think about the the finite nature of our lives as we identify them as individuals, um, 
we can, I think, uh, we can look at that as, uh, though we understand that death awaits everyone, that there's beneath, again, under the hood, there's a sense uh, of delusion that we're, we're somehow exempt from that, or we don't really see that there is a, a, a certain uh, end to this, um, what we call uh, our personalities, ourselves. And so there's an invitation to take up this um, contemplation of, 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 of death and look at it in terms so that it becomes more, um, more intimate. Uh, like for me, uh, a few years ago, when I was on retreat, I was just reflecting on, on death a little bit. And I thought, well, how, how long do I think I'm going to, you know, might I reasonably live? And I, I looked at how long my parents lived and I thought, okay, well, I've got, looks like I've got 20 years. And, you know, if everything goes well. And I thought, 20 years, I can remember 20 years ago. It was not, it didn't seem very long ago. And it really made me sit up. It's like, oh my goodness. It's like, and uh, so it made it more real when I, when I stuck a, you know, some sort of time frame on it. And then more recently, I've been thinking, well, why is it 20 years? It, it could be really any, at any time. Uh, and so there's, and then, really contemplating the the emotional response that comes from that. And it can be surprising. It, there can be a certain wave of like fear that might come up, but there's a certain uh, a sense of presence and a, a, a sense of relief in terms of, the, you know, the, this, the burden that we carry with us is stressful and that it's, it's something that we, eventually we'll be able to put down. And I remember Ajahn Sadanto one time saying, like, with regard to, like, you don't have to wait for a terminal diagnosis. Like, you don't have to, your doctor, you know, you don't have to wait for your doctor to say, well, you've, you've got, you know, six months to live. You don't need to wait for that to let go. <laughs> so we can let go anytime. But it's it's useful to carry this this contemplation of, uh, the way things really are is that our time's limited. And, and you know, so there's, there's this sense of, uh, it's almost paradoxical, a sense of um, maybe urgency is too strong a word. Um, the word is samwega, which is a sense of, you know, of non-complacency that can arise, while at the same time of opening and relaxing, they, they can come to with that realization of, of like, Looking at things in terms of, you know, in the in in the the term the long term, they're not really that important. So the so so again, I just looking at these maybe classical types of delusions that that arise that operate for us, particularly those of us who are uh, on the path of dhamma, that we understand that they are um, a result of not seeing how things actually are, they still need to, we still need to refresh ourselves and remind ourselves that um, uh, things are otherwise. And so to, um, uh, to break the, that spell of delusion. 
So, uh, you know, gosh, I, I, I really want to spend the most of uh, the time this morning and the, see there's not a lot of time left talking about something different uh, than the usual translation of delusion, which I think only covers, um, I don't think really gets to what I find is the most, uh, the deeper aspect of these three, what the Buddha called the three fires of greed, hatred, and delusion, or moha here. And it's not so much delusion, but the sense of, it's more a sense of unattentiveness. So it's the mind's tendency to move away from what is actually occurring in the moment here and now. So there's a term bhava, uh, which uh, translates oftentimes as becoming. It really is a, ref a reference to the mind's tendency for movement. It's not inclined necessarily to be still. So we have to train it in order to, to um, find this foundational sense of stillness, steadiness, because it's, propensity, once it's, it settles a bit, is to want to move. So there's, so, so the mind, we, we will find ourselves uh, being uh, uh, in a way that's unaware of moving up in different directions, whether it be towards the refrigerator, towards the, the, um, the screens, various kinds of screens, uh, television or uh, uh, smartphone or whatever it might be, different kinds of thoughts. It's the tendency of the mind to move away from what's happening here and now. And this is the part, as I mentioned in my email, it's a little scary because we, we're, we can sleepwalk through life because of this inherent tendency of the mind to want to just move off of what's happening now. So that when we look at these other two elements of, of greed and hatred or uh, desire and anger or aversion, these are, these are things that arise when the mind is, um, is, is not really paying attention and we're allowing it to move along its own current in which it is uh, not being heedful. It's, it's being heedless, and it's apt to move into these areas of desire and anger with, uh, just because we don't know where uh, the mind will end up and it has the tendencies, depending on our personalities, to go in these directions. And the distinction I want to make, too, is that when it does move in these directions, it's not necessarily problem. That's not the problematic aspect of it. It's that when it's moving in these areas without our being aware of that, so so we we don't have this sense of 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 presence when we are being swept up into these other two areas of the, these root afflictions. So the the Buddha and one. Uh, verse in the Dhammapada, which uh, I think is is quite a wake up call. Uh, it, the 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 chapter opens up 
by saying that heedfulness is the door to the deathless. Those who are heedless are as if already dead. So this is really quite a clarion call that that heedfulness, when we have this presence of, of what it is that's happening here and now, we're with that. There's this sense of mindfulness, presence, then that opens up for us this the the, the deathless element where it's this this sense of awareness which doesn't really arise or pass, but it's this almost um, continuance continuing continuous uh, sense of things as they are. Whereas when we're heedless, then we're we're not in touch with that at all. And we kind of sleepwalk through life, which as I was mentioning before, is uh, limited at a limited period of time. And as, as you get to be closer to my age, or some of you older than I am, that becomes ever more poignant that, you know, we, we don't want to miss the opportunity to wake up, you know, to the extent that we're dedicating ourselves to being awake in our lives, then it's important for us to refresh this sense of present awareness. And we can do this in, in many different ways. Uh, from the very mundane ways of uh, just having things around our home. Maybe we have a picture of somebody who we find inspiring, one of our teachers or a Buddha image um, that as we walk around, it, it can act as a reminder for us. You know, having, having friends that are also committed to a life of awareness uh, going through life with uh, with some examination, uh, some um, uh, 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 wakefulness that that being around friends that way can can serve for uh, to reinforce us in this in this way, and also taking the time just to check in with our bodies, you know, so that during the day we can remember that you know just just to take some time and come into the bodily experience to to be present for that so that whatever we're experiencing, whatever activity we're in, we can do so with a sense of alertness, appreciation, wonder uh, uh, about what this is, experiences of being alive so that we can help dispel the fog of, of spacing out, drifting, uh, just not being present, um, which really dulls the mind and leaves us with a life experience that is so apt to be without the, the, the real joy and spaciousness and wonder that's available to us uh, and can lead us in ways that... Uh, are so problematic for ourselves and others and the planet. So, um, so I just want to leave that as a re uh, reflection for you this morning. Um, 
for your just for your consideration to look at this tendency of mind to kind of lose the thread and maybe contemplate ways in which you can fresh um, the awakenedness that's available to us that uh, uh, really brings the aspect of liveliness to our lives. We can share that with others. <laughs> 